Good morning. This morning's scripture reading comes from 1 Kings 11, 9 through 13, concerning King Solomon. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from him, the, God, the true God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, Since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the sake of David your father, I will not do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of the hand of your son, yet I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, but will give him one tribe for the sake of David, my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. It's an interesting section of scripture to reflect upon. It has a lot to say about a variety of different aspects of our life. I want to consider some of that this morning. The reminder to us that God is, that He's pure, that He's holy, He's righteous in all that He does that he cares deeply for his people. He watches over them. He blesses them. But also he expects from them a life that is given to him. And he tolerates and blesses, but he also will discipline and punish. He also blesses his people because of one of his servants. And sometimes we fail to grasp that concept in our life. It's brought out a little bit in the reading this morning. You go back into chapter 3 and read of the selection of Solomon as being king, the request that he makes before God of desiring that which was wisdom to lead and to direct his people, for as he said, he was but a child. And yet as you see wisdom being given, when you see the selection of God himself for Solomon, when you see the fact that the Lord himself had appeared to Solomon twice, did not and does not guarantee faithfulness to God to the end of life. 
And that's a wrestling that we have in our life. You read of the Acts of Solomon, but again, if you read all that the scriptures have to say, Solomon pursued a lot of things that God had promised or told the kings that they were not to do. Reminding them that the kingdom is only here, but there's a kingdom that is eternal. There's an allegiance that is to be given to God, regardless of how easy it may appear to be to gain the wealth here, to gain the respect that Solomon had throughout the region, but to forget this concept that Solomon did not go or follow his God with all of his heart. He followed God, but he didn't follow with all of his heart. He is one that is an example for many of us today of trying to comprehend or understand how we live in this world and how we influence those in this world and yet how we are to keep this commitment to God. The world has its appeal. The world has its attraction. Satan has his device. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's not going to hurt you. Whatever it may be. Solomon had his wisdom. But wisdom cannot keep us from sinning against God. To know who God is. To know the history. Solomon would have it in his time frame of Jerusalem, which God had given. Jerusalem, which God had caused his name to dwell. Israel, whom God had blessed, One, by giving them the land and telling them all they had to do was to go in and to take the land. But how they failed along that line. Having the knowledge that Solomon was seeking for, the wisest man in all the earth, the queen of Sheba coming from a great distance just to hear what he had to say and to question him. A recognition that his kingdom was the height of Israel as that united kingdom. But Solomon did not go after the Lord his God with all his heart. And how easy it is to forget 
the heart and what we do. We can go through the motions of life. We can go through the service of God. We can go through the appearance of appearing righteous. But as Solomon, if the heart isn't fully given, Jesus would say later that no man could serve two masters. For either he will love the one and he will hate the other, or he will cleave to the one and he will despise the other. Cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon there would be riches. Riches ultimately will go back to Satan. There's only the two. There's only God and there's only Satan. And it's amazing since Genesis 3, down to the present time, and as long as God allows this world to stand, that we can see every evidence of God. We can partake of the bountiful blessings that he richly gives to all, sends the rain on the just and on the unjust, We can see the word that he's given to us, the love that he had for us, the sacrifice that he gave as we remembered in the Lord's Supper. And we can still not give God our whole heart. And why we would do that is not explained in the Scriptures. To our satisfaction, if you will. The temptations, they're out there. The pressures, they're out there. The compromise is there. But the choice, the choice is ours. We can choose to live a divided life. And it can appear that we are being blessed. But it's interesting as you read the, reread the reading this morning of the Lord telling Solomon the kingdom is going to be taken from you. It will go to one of your servants, not to your son. But twice that phrase is going to come up. But because of David, my servant, I will not take it from you in your lifetime. Because of David, my servant. And you shall receive a partial kingdom, another one as the kingdom is divided and torn from you. But you will only have this because of David, my servant. David is the one who is described as being a man after God's own heart. Solomon is described as being the wise man. 
the wisest of men, but not the heart. The heart wasn't where it ought to be. And as we live our life here, you go back and you read the verses before where we started reading this morning, verses 1 through 9. And again, as you read it, keep reminding yourself of who Solomon is. Keep reminding yourself of where he is. Keep reminding yourself of God's word. Not just concerning the kings, but God's word concerning concerning his people Israel and how they were to live when they went into the land. Their commitment to be to him and not to intermarry with the people around them. Go back to verse 2 there of First Kings 11. To the Israelites, the Lord has said, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Verse 4. They chose to exchange the truth of God for a lie. They chose to worship the creature rather than the creator. And therefore they are without excuse. Romans 1 and verse 20. But then he goes on to tell the Jews in chapter 2. You're no better off than there are the Gentiles. You have the law, but you will not keep it. Again, what was the first and the foremost of the commandments? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is like unto it, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Given to us again in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39. The Jews did not keep the law, and so they are without excuse. That's why every time you get to the end of chapter 3 of Romans, we're told, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Then remind us in Romans 6, verse 23, that the wages of sin is death. But that gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, in that gift is available to every human being because all is sin. John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Love the world, all of humanity, enough to die in order that they may live in eternity with him. But it's for those who will believe that he is who he said he is, that Jesus is who he said he is, and that they meant exactly what they said. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he who does not believe, believe shall be condemned. 
No exceptions in there. No miscalculations in there. No drawing the wrong conclusion in there by God. And then that reminder again. Do we? Are we like some of the Jews of Jesus' day? Lord, what must I do to have eternal life? I'm willing to go through the motions. I've kept the commandments from my youth up. I'll go through the motions. But I failed to keep the first one. When he said, I kept all the commandments from my youth up, Hattie, the first one was to love God with all your heart. And when he was told to go sell his riches and give to the poor, he couldn't do that because he was very rich. Couldn't forfeit his riches. Solomon would tell him during his lifetime about that very concept that he would forget. You read Ecclesiastes. All that you have, all that you accumulate, all that you strive to gather around yourself, you're going to leave to another. And Solomon said, who knows whether he be wise or foolish. You can shrimp, you can save, you can put away, but you're going to leave it to another. And what will they do with it? Solomon had forgotten that. He pursued the riches. Again, he is described as one of the richest kings of all of Israel. Had livestock and wealth galore. But he forgot to love the Lord his God with all his heart. And he lost. He would lose it all. He could have the right example set before him. David wasn't a perfect man. Any reading of the scripture of the life of David will tell you that. But David was a man who was committed to God. When rebuked for his sin, he repented. He made the change in his life. Above all else, he wanted to please God. Solomon was well satisfied with what he had accomplished, and he had forgotten. The Hebrew writer in the third chapter, verse 12 and 13, see to it, brothers that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Listen. Sin is very deceitful. It destroys quickly. It destroys slowly. But it destroys 
eternally. Beware. Encourage one another on a daily basis. Look around yourself. Look at your life. Look at my life. Consider each other. Where are we? What are we striving to do? How are we striving to do? We hear because we have some faith in God. We're here because we have some conviction of the Bible. But are we here because the whole heart is here? This is where I long to be. There is no other place that I would long to be than in the fellowship of brothers and sisters in Christ worshiping and praising his name, encouraging one another, encouraging one another. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the foremost. And then love one another as God has loved you. It's our choice. But there is an understanding that one day there will be a day of reckoning. One day there will be a day of giving account. We see it all the time in this world. How many people have lived their lives, done things under the table, thinking they've got away with it, but later on in their life, to have it all surface. And if it doesn't, rest assured it will surface in eternity. Why not live the life for Jesus? The Lord has been mindful of me. What a thought. What a thought to consider the fact that the Lord, that God, has been mindful, concerned for me. Will I return that concern? Will I return that love that he freely gave? The one who believes that Jesus is the Christ, the one who is willing to repent of the sins that separate them from God, the one who believes that he needs to be baptized for the remission or the forgiveness of those sins in order that they may be raised to walk a new life. That opportunity is there. There's a voice that calls. Will we hear it? Will we respond to it? It's a gentle voice. He will not force himself on you. He waits for your invitation. The life needs to be changed this morning. If there's any way that we could assist or help you in that decision, 
Indeed, we would bid you to come as together we stand and sing.